Welcome to another episode of Essentially Heroes. Uh, you got me, your boy Etienne, joined as always by my good buddy, partner in crime, Johnny Ferris, formerly of Rusty Ferris Wheel Productions, soon to be known as Essentially Heroes, coming to you live from Hallandale Beach, Florida. What up, what up? I know we talked a lot about that in the last pod, in, in the, the, the Apocalypse pod, of <laughs> what uh, co- comics generally have, have, have addressed and dealt with this sort of thing. It was depicted in the, the, the biggest comic book movie of all time, uh, Mar- uh, Avengers Endgame, where you had half the universe completely eliminated, focused primarily on Earth. It would have been cool if they focused on other planets and they saw that other neighborhoods and communities were dealing with this and, and alien cultures, but uh, <clears throat> they didn't. Um, this is where we are now, but perfect time, I think, to get into the villains, to get into uh, who we love, who, who, who we want to see again, who hasn't been depicted. Coming from, I guess, the uh, 90s and before, where, you know, most villains were kind of just badass ometers for the heroes like they literally just exist to prove how badass the main character is and that's kind of it like they don't really yeah like they don't have anything else to them sometimes they have competitive backstories but that's not really wasn't really a requirement in the past um and yeah they're i i mean not not to come at it from too much of a I guess media snob perspective, but their motivations weren't really all that interesting because the writers didn't want you to really feel anything for these characters for 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 a lot of times. Like that's not the case with all of them. Like you have characters like Venom, like in in Lethal Protector, where he he's doing all these. Um, not typically heroic things, but it still makes you feel for Venom and Eddie Brock because they're just uh, well-written characters with, you know, psychologies that you can understand. Right. And they they expand on that more in the in the movie that came out as well. Right. But um. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, going going back to Thanos, that really, um, that really to a head in terms of villain writing where you have a villain that can almost be seen as the main character of the film and in in a way he was like at least in terms of infinity war thanos could in a way be described as the main character of the film because one right. he, he has the most screen time out of any character um like when you like is that you, true it is it is true um like people calculated out the screen time in uh in minutes for every character in the film and thanos was number one followed that's awesome by yeah that's dope right um wow and i forget if it's gotta be iron man it's gotta be yeah gotta be I, iron be- man. I believe iron man is number two and hmm. yeah, I don't think I don't think Captain America was number three. I think it, it might have been somebody else. Like I would have to go back and look at the exact um, like numbers for everybody. But Thanos was definitely number one. And <clears throat> I just thought that was really cool because like you've never really seen that before, where the antagonist 
gets the story told from their perspective. Sure. Um, like the only other example of that I can think of is, um, well, I, this kind of dips out of the superhero realm a little bit, but Death Note, the um, the the manga and anime series. Um, are you familiar with Death Note? No. Okay. Uh, well, basically, mm-hmm. it is a story where um, this um, high school student finds a notebook uh, that falls out of the sky, and okay. he finds that if you write a person's name in the notebook and you picture their face, they die. And um, you can write out the way that they die, or if you don't specify a way, then they'll die of a heart attack in 40 seconds. And so... Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty metal, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so this, this student uses the book to um, pretty much eradicate the world of any people that he deems as bad or evil. So he starts okay. by... Okay. Yeah, he starts by, you know, just executing any, like, criminals or, you know, wanted people that he can get his hands on through the news or anything like that, using the logic that, you know, he's making the world a better place. And then um, this detective um, ends up catching on to him and starts piecing together you know the the whereabouts and his motivations and all this stuff and then it becomes this psychological cat and mouse game between them and um yeah and then you know of course it's like a heisenberg situation where you know as he continues he starts to you know go down darker and darker paths (laughs) kill me Is that really the right thing to do? Since Kira's appearance six years ago, wars have stopped, and global crime rates have been reduced by over 70%. But it's not enough. This world is still rotten. With too many rotten people. Somebody has to do this! And when I first got that notebook all those years ago, I knew I had to do it. No, I was the only one who could. I understood that killing people was a crime. There was no other way the world had to be fixed! The purpose given to me! Yeah, I, I always found that as, as a very interesting, uh, you know, dynamic between the antagonist and the, I suppose, protagonist characters that they kind of um switch viewpoints a little bit and um and yeah so so that's where we, the bar is has been set in terms of villain characters and i don't know if that's um it's definitely a good thing but that makes it harder for every other villain who comes after sure. him right because absolutely yeah there always there'll always be that little voice in the back of your head that's like yeah, you know, he wasn't as good as Thanos, you know, or she yeah, wasn't. Yeah, we beat Thanos. They Thanos. beat Thanos. Really, what's he gonna do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. wise and you know, motivation wise. Of course, um, of course. Yeah, like backstory wise. So, 
I mean, but the fact is, I mean, even then, right, Thanos took his toll. Like, Thanos left me with the question of what villains have I seen or read or watched on TV who have won in some way, shape, or form over the years since I was a kid, since I've been reading comics, since I've been watching television, right? Um, I mean, but did Thanos win in the end? This is a spoiler if you haven't seen Endgame. No. In the end, they came back. But at the yeah. same time... Even though they you had got to cheat these, to win. <laughs> they had to cheat to... Uh, agreed. And they had one out of 642 million possibilities, whatever that was, which we've talked about in previous podcasts. Annoyed the shit out of me, but... Yeah, which um, I still personally think is BS, but yes, continue. Yeah. So, but, 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 but regardless, take Peter Parker, take Panther, take... Uh, Wasp, take all the disappeared, all the 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 the, the ones who who were lost between Endgame and Infinity War, right? Yep. And that's five years. I mean, there were people who were gone for five years. The planet continued. The universe continued for five years onward without these people, as if Thanos had won. <laughs> you know, it's as if you go back to. World War II, for example, and it's like Hitler won, and then five years later, you say, okay, that's all, no, no, we, we, we figured it out, we just cheated Hitler, we're bringing everybody back, <laughs> you know, everybody who had been eliminated, and, and, and God forbid, I mean, the, 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 the camps that had happened, the concentration camps, the, 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 the every, every battle uh, in World War II that had happened, I mean, the, the, the millions of soldiers, the millions of people that died, bring them all back five years later. Is there a toll? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that hasn't been explored. You saw it, you saw just a fraction of it. You know, when you see Ant-Man walking around and like, what's happened here? <laughs> you know? So, um, there, there is a toll that's been exacted. And I guess, so that's my question. I'm going to put that question to you. Go back in your mind. I have, I took some, uh, made some notes here uh, of the stuff that I've watched. And I'm not your average TV watcher. I know people watch a ton of TV, especially in COVID now, but, uh, especially in quarantine time. But even before quarantine, you, you've chastised me for not watching enough TV. And, and it, it, quite frankly, I've, I've acted in more uh, horror stories, for example, than, than, than I've watched. But go back to your own library of what you know. And if you can, tell me where, in your mind, the villain has taken a toll like that or quite frankly one at some point whether it's tv whether it's movies whether it's comic books something that left you after the reading the comic and putting it down after reading a book perhaps and putting it down after turning off the episode like saying oh wow and like it just ruminating you know with you um, so, taking a step, um, and this isn't just superheroes, I've got, I've got, I've got all kinds of stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. I mean, uh, Death Note was kind of like that for me, but keeping it within superheroes, um, Watchmen, definitely. 
Ah, that was so dark. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Yes, right. and right. um, I mean, there. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't know how the original Watchmen comic ends slash the movie. But, um, in case you don't spoilers, but it turns out that Ozymandias has been um pretty much controlling the the situation from the beginning and using a using genocide to bring the world together and he more or less succeeds and um yeah that just really changed my outlook on it as you know alan moore had intended on exactly what like heroism and um you know right and wrong even means sure and um yeah in in and and he's doing what thanos did basically i mean the universe is smaller in the watchmen he's looking at the planet earth but he's basically his point is that nations are not coming together unless there's a threat like there is now and it takes this much loss of people for nations to say this is what we're going to do and and the scary part is that you you see exactly where he's coming from. Like there's no question. Like yeah, you know exactly what he's talking about because of how messed up the the world is and and has been. By exposing me, you would sacrifice the peace so many died for today. Peace based on a lie, but peace, nonetheless. He's right. Exposing Hadrian would only doom the world to nuclear destruction again. No. We can't do this. On Mars. You taught me the value of life. If we hope to preserve it here, we must remain silent. You know, because there's no sign of, you know, countries across the world just magically learning to cooperate and and work together they need a, a common enemy right and yeah the, the the only way to really bring people together like that is to make them kind of feel the same pain you and i are the same we're both motivated by our desire for peace and justice the justice that i have delivered against the leaf village is no different from what you are trying to do to me Everyone feels the same pain when losing something dear. You and I have both experienced that pain. You strive for your justice, and I strive for mine. We're both just ordinary men who have been driven to seek vengeance in the name of justice. And if one comes to call vengeance justice, such justice will only breed further vengeance and trigger a vicious cycle of hatred and so um like yeah you can you can definitely see where his his mind went and then you know you have the fact that rorschach you know he rorschach rorschach yeah yep yep yep. Mm -hmm. even though it would technically make things worse to him, the right thing to do would, was still telling people the truth. He still, and, yeah, he doesn't care. Right, right, right. He wants right. to bring, yeah, he's the he's the opposite end of the spectrum. Right, and just yeah. his his moral compass is so 
strict and sure. unbending that even the thought of world peace um, at the expense of the truth is is right. unacceptable. And right. and he di- and he died for it. You know, right. He, he he was evaporated on the spot. And I remember watching that scene in the movie because I saw the movie before I read the comic. And ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. And thinking, the comic is the comic is darker than the movie. Yeah, yeah. I think they leave out a lot of mm-hmm. um, a lot of stuff in the in the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, since the comic is freaking huge. Um, but and and let it be known, we're talking about the director. The same director who brought us Dawn of Justice, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the 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 yeah the infamous Schneider cut that everyone is uh, clamoring for is this is where that darkness came from. This is the guy who wants the 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 world to be always raining, who wants dramatic music to be happening behind every restaurant scene, <laughs> right? Every every moment where, where two people are having Chinese food or, or talking in an apartment <laughs> or walking on the street. Yeah, it's it's that kind of heavy, heavy drama that, that, that he brings and that entire movie was that, which it was cool for that. Absolutely. And you know, the, the scene where Zod dies and the scene where Rorschach dies are almost the same scene. Oh yeah, like, absolutely right. You, oh, it's weird. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I have a I'm going to I'm going to bring this this uh, I'm going to bring this down to uh, down to real life. Um, these things those the, the elements in that in 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 what is that character's name? The the villain of uh, Watchmen, the the, the the superhero turned villain at the end. Uh, you said Osamandius? Yes, yes. That character. I mean, those concepts. Um, but by the way, we need to get into the TV series too. That's in uh, Stars, right? Is that oh HBO? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do that one with you a Hold while on. ago. Yeah, that's got to come. We got to do that ASAP. I started watching it. I need to finish it. Um, also, oh yeah, Jeremy Irons. Oh my God, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite villain and actors of all time. Die Hard Three. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Simon Gruber. Yeah, I've, I've got to get into it. Um, that will come. We're gonna do that ASAP, and I'm gonna watch that. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. That, that, that's being launched to the top of the list. But um, uh, that character, Ozymandias. Um, the concepts, the things, I mean, even Thanos, to an extent. There are people who are alive today. There are, there are politics. There are humans who have been behind the wars that have been fought on this planet. Okay. That brought us to the point of nuclear war. And there were bombs that were dropped. Right? Two, specifically in Japan, that ended... The wars, and I wrote a paper on this when I was in college, and it was just a fraction of the knowledge of just a bit of research. I was happy to, I was excited to do it because I was so fascinated by this topic. But the, um, the, 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 if I understand it correctly, the, the, the motivation to 
dropping to using that sort of man to using that sort of firepower was to say okay this war has done enough damage to the planet and it's going to continue how do we stop it it looks like the darpa chief and the arms tech president both agree on the concept of maintaining a dominant nuclear arsenal they are big on the nuclear deterrent theory the idea behind a nuclear standoff is that both countries would be too afraid to use a nuclear weapon for fear of a nuclear reprisal. In other words, the only thing preventing a country from totally devastating another country with nuclear weapons is the fear of a nuclear counter-strike. Those two probably feel that Metal Gear will further promote that security. Right. Up until that point, if I understand correctly, Military installations were to be um, neutralized. Supply lines were to be disrupted, right? And if you were going to take collateral damage, it was in a town where the enemy was putting that town at risk, right? Let's say, for example, I'm in South Florida right now, and we're at war with Canada. Shits and giggles, right? And the United States says, all right, Canada's not going to go as far south to South Florida to uh, disrupt our supply lines, right? But we're building the, the highest tech planes ever in South Florida, and the factories are here. So they, the United States places them here, and Canada says, fuck it, we're dropping a bomb there, and we don't care how many people are going to die, right? So they took that risk, and that's how, if I understand correctly, it's how the United States ended the war uh, in Asia at that time in Japan um, ending the war was one effect but the impact that it had on the actual people in Japan was like a whole other animal hmm. so aside from just like physically destroying you know the, these two cities there was also the, the hell on earth that it gave to these people who had nothing to do with the war as well. Right. Like, you had people, like, literally melting and, like, falling apart. People who were, who were miles away from the actual detonation, like, right. just just from the radiation, like, they were, they were literally, like, melting and falling apart like zombies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ev even for people survived like the initial attack the rest of their lives were living hells because of you know the radiation poisoning slowly and painfully destroying their bodies over the course of their lives um they weren't allowed to work because you know people were afraid of the radiation poisoning that these people were carrying um God, there God, was terrible. yeah yeah it was like even um i mean because even the the people who weren't japanese who were living in japan were also you know part of it like i was reading this book on hiroshima and one of the people that the book follows is i believe a uh, a german pastor who mm -hmm. was, was living in japan and um yeah pretty much from the day that the bomb went off to the day that he died, like the guy was in constant pain 
because his his body was just constantly like just ripping itself apart um hmm. and um like yeah there was there was like millions of examples of people who just you know their life pretty much ended that day so that that goes back into you know like ending the war versus like you know destroying the lives of these people who have nothing to do with the war and I, I think that that fits so well within the theme uh, that right. you know we're, we're we're going with today. It's like you know weighing the option. Like, is one worth the other? Right, right. So, so that the the the, the balance you're talking about the, the the question of is one. Uh, a factor worth the other uh, what, what, what how far are you willing to go how far is the hero willing to go um, in history when I was in college and I was reading and, and high school initially about World War two history and getting into this stuff that was fascinating how far that the planet had gone and how far the United States had gone with Manhattan Project. That was that was the name of the guy, wasn't that Doctor Manhattan? Right? Yes, wasn't that was. the right? Right. So, um, I mean, the connections are clearly there, but the bringing it down to a an individual struggle. The first time I recall going far back and. Hi, there, there, there are super. There, there are comics that did it. There are cartoons that. There are cartoon movie we talked about. <laughs> I think we talked about Transformers, um, the animated film, as a voiceover. Specifically, I referenced uh, Orson Welles, but in that Transformers animated film, when Optimus Prime dies in the first 15 minutes, I was like, "Wait, what? The characters are 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 are." are protagonist can be killed what do you mean optimus prime like I, he's been my leader like since i was five or two years old or something since i could watch tv and now he's dead what is it what? is this possible but uh, uh yeah you're like wait that can happen yeah yeah i think i was six or seven years old when that movie came out i was like this is this is unbelievable and the movie is awesome i always I, I, that's very high on my right my uh rewatch list but that's just earth-shattering, taking out and pulling the rug out of your your, your 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 childhood, if you will. But fast forwarding to, to, to being a young adult and, and really exploring that struggle of you know, okay, it's like Batman. Like like the Joker always, and I've got a couple of notes here where the Joker flat like flat out makes it clear. He's like, alright, bats. You're going to keep coming at me. I'm going to make you. This is going to cost you. And it's going to cost you dearly. And we know those costs, they come out eventually. They come out in the comic books. They come out in the movies. You know, some of them are filmed. Some of them are seen. Like, the, 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 time and time again, the Joker does that to him, right? And other villains do as well. But before that, before I started reading the comic, before I got into the cartoon, before I started seeing that, like, what Batman constantly goes through was the movie Seven. Uh, if you remember that, did you see that? Uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Um, that that was which one? 
Seven. The movie Seven. Seven oh, Deadly Sins. Okay. Yeah. He's two murders away from completing his masterpiece. Hey! Let's finish it. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're for Brad Pitt as the, if I remember correctly, he's the hotshot detective. I haven't seen that movie in so long. But he's like the, the hotshot young detective that's going to solve the case. He's going to break the case. Then you got a cool-headed Morgan Freeman that's on his side saying like, all right, we got to, this is going to be tough. This one's going to be a tough one. Sure enough, you get to the end, you know, and he solves the crimes. But the end of the movie was major spoiler where it's it's not what he had hoped for you know is it is the cost sure he he brings i really i, I it's so good i don't even want to spoil it i want to go back and watch it i haven't seen the movie in so long you know but the end of the movie obviously he solves someone who's committing seven deadly sins um to to a, to a, just a completely just terrible like level uh, bringing them to these detectives and at the end um it's at such a cost to that character i don't want to spoil it it's so fucking good you know but i was like damn this is oh my god this is what life is about this is these are the decisions one has to make as a, as a, as a hero i don't want to fucking do this <laughs> you <know>? yeah yeah <laughs> oh man i gotta i gotta go back and watch that too it was on my watch list yeah. for a while, and I think they yeah. took it off Netflix. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's why Netflix happened. stock is that's why Netflix stock is so high as of late. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess to take it back to um the comics, one one villain that I always found um quite interesting as well. Sure. And we might have sure. even, even talked about this. Um, before, but um, but Doctor Doom, right? So, yeah. Doctor Doom's uh, career in in supervillainry has has been a very unique one. Um, okay. Very, quite quite different from almost any other villain that I I can think of. And I think even at one point, Stan Lee said that Doctor Doom is his favorite Marvel character. Okay. Um, which which is saying something. Sure. And, like considering how many of them he's made. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I can see the appeal because Dr. Doom is, is a villain character who, um, one doesn't consider himself a villain really. Um, because I mean, to him, he's, he's absolutely correct. Like there's, there's no way that Doom is wrong. Like everyone should listen to Doom. Um, what is the what is the country? What is the country that he that he rules? Latveria. It is Latveria. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, for, it, there, yeah. It, it, it has rolled around in my brain for so long that I, I thought it was an actual country for a moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, just for back for for, for backstory, Doctor Doom is is what Black Panther is to Wakanda. But but in a completely villainous sense to Latveria, he is the, the 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 ruler of this this Eastern European nation that is sovereign to, to has no ties to any other countries there. But but does anything and everything he can as basically Iron Man. He's kind of like if Iron Man was president of an East Euro East European nation. <laughs> yeah, which is a thing. Like um, I believe it's called Infamous Iron Man. 
yep. where uh, <laughs> where yeah, Doom becomes Iron Man, and um, and yeah, that's 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 the whole thing is him, you know, being the the leader of a country also adds to it because now he has diplomatic immunity, so he he can just just walk the walk in the walk around the u.s and you know kind of do what he wants and you know if anyone tries to step to him he's like up oh, diplomatic immunity and uh yeah they <laughs> he plays the old him. uh he plays the old lethal weapon two card yeah Drop an asshole! diplomatic immunity just been revoked <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah exactly and um so that so that's one thing that's interesting about the character another thing that's interesting about the character is the com- combination of magic and science um which makes such a diverse um a, a diverse range of stories that can right. and have been told with the character you know, but between you know him going head to head with the Fantastic Four and all these uh, weird uh, um, science adventures, all these weird Rick and Morty uh, science adventures that the Fantastic Four get into, versus right. um, you know him uh, squaring off with Mephisto and um, Ghost Rider and and all the other supernatural characters. And um, to to the point where you know uh, he's going up against Dracula, and like he has a, a piece of of Jesus's cross inside of his armor so that vampires can't get him. Like there's there's so much with the character, um, and he's also like a genius level intellect. So he has just a massive well of knowledge of science and the occult that makes him like an all-around threat right um, and <clears throat> yeah and so the whole thing about about doom is that he has all of this 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 wealth of skills and abilities and and all this stuff that coupled with his indomitable will and his um um pretty much uh endless self-confidence and that makes for just like such a uh a a charismatic character that you can really get behind even when they are in like a goofier story and they just want like stupid stuff yeah Um, (laughs) right like i don't know i don't know if there's ever been a time where he's like robbed the bank but like something of of that vein sure but um but yeah, even to the point where um, Doctor Doom has has gone up against the uh, the Panther God of Wakanda, um, Bast, and um, normally, you know, going up against a human, she would, you know, be able to take him down. But see, like she literally looked into Doctor Doom's heart and. He, and she's like, so I know that you're technically a villain, but like you just believe in yourself so much that I can't really call you a villain. Like you're kind of <laughs> just doing, 
what you sure. stand for, dude. Yeah. And so she like, sure. lets him go. Um, so like that's and unlike that's, unlike Thanos, like, unlike Thanos, you're saying. I mean, it's true. He's got this governmental immunity. He's got this power that goes beyond that that, that a government can't cross. But uh, I hate to uh, cut you off. I think we need to spot check real quick. I'm gonna take a, a, a moment here. If you don't uh, if you don't mind, we'll come back in uh, in just a few minutes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Thank you, sir. Hang on. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll jump back in uh, to a quick break. Thanks, folks. Stick with us. Good evening. Thank you for listening, folks. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Korsunsky Legal Group. They are located conveniently on East 22nd Street in Brooklyn. Feel free to give them a call at 718-758-4755. For any of your legal needs, especially personal injury needs, if you're involved in any sort of motor, motor a motor vehicle accident, or uh, any of your no-fault uh, collection needs, they are the ones to call. They treat me like family, and as a result, they will treat you like family. Thank you to Korsunsky Legal Group. Thanks for the uh, quick spot check, folks. I pr- appreciate the patience. It's uh, we, 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 We've got these moments here and there when we're uh, recording <laughs> over uh, two states. But uh, thank you uh, for sticking with us. Where were we? I think uh, you tell me, EK. <laughs> so, let's see. We left off on Dr. Doom. And so, yes. let's jump over to... Yes, um, the, so- the sovereign immunity of Dr. Doom and how he can do what he does. Yes. And uh, the Avengers cannot fuck with him. <laughs> Fantastic yeah. Four cannot fuck with him. Spider-Man right. cannot... Take them out. Yeah, at least legally. Legally, yes. Mm-hmm. But that's the one thing right. about being a... One cool thing about being a hero is that you don't exactly have to play by the rules most times. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I think that we can jump over to uh, to DC. And ah, how exciting. Yeah, and let's see. There's... There's like a few DC villains that I there's a few DC villains that I actually wanted to uh, talk about. Um, one of them being sort of the um, I guess legacy of DC movie villains, and sure. then um, also like an, another very specific villain that um, that I think is like starting to get a lot of um a lot of love but i still think could could use more but anyway so i'll I'll start with the movies right so one major difference between the marvel movies and the dc movies aside from i guess the um the more consistent through lines, I guess, is okay. like the the quality of, of villains. So, um, in the past, you know, there were you know, a bunch of, you know, they had all the Superman movies, they had all the, you know, older Batman movies, right? Sure. Um, Val sure. um, Clooney, um, you know, uh, Michael Keaton. Michael, Michael Keaton, the original, yeah. Right. And the villains in those movies were were more akin to 
their, I guess, golden age comic book versions, where they where they didn't really have, um, they didn't really have lives so much as they were kind of just obstacles for the heroes to to get around. In some cases, in some cases, like with um with uh with Jack Nicholson's Joker, for example, like there there actually is some you know. Uh, some level of, of depth of the character that you can glean through, you know, all, all the grandstanding. <clears throat> but, um, you know, once the Nolan verse took off, then that's when the when DC and I, I would say even Marvel really started to like reflect on these on these movie villains and like really give them a uh, a story that you can relate to so um you know you have um in batman begins you have scarecrow and you you understand that you know he's he's not really well in the head like he's like he has like a very specific psychosis going on which, which yeah yeah which which ties into you know the i guess layout of Batman villains as a whole is that all of them are are sick in, in some form. Like they have, they all have some sort of psychosis that makes them do the things that they do. Um, but Batman included, like he also has a psychosis that makes him do strange things. Um, and they don't really, I guess they don't really have a choice in the matter. Like that's just how their their brains are set up. So that's kind of the, the case for. Um, Jonathan Crane, uh, Scarecrow, as well in sure. Batman Begins, sure. and they try and make you understand. Um, it's an affliction. It's an it, it's it, it's something that they cannot overcome, and it seems to not be affected or addressed by Arkham Asylum. They just get put in there, and that's it. Right. You think Hugo Hugo Strange is attempting to do something, right? <laughs> Trying to figure them out, but he's not. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And when it comes to, um, you know, I mean, we can talk about, you know, Fletcher's Joker all day, but that's another one where they really did a deep dive into the character. Um, and then, you know, you have... Well, even as, even as much as I hate Leto's Joker, Leto, 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 do, Leto dove into the character just the same. You know, the, 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 the little bit of reports that we have about him on set... You know, or, or uh, interacting with the other actors, you know, was him really stepping into the character and doing that method uh, program where he is Joker nonstop when he was on, what, uh, on screen for 15, 20 minutes to, to the dismay of many fans. But as far as I'm concerned, yeah. I was OK with it. <laughs> so, yeah, and there's, but and I mean, there's... I, I'm, I'm not going to take away from his job. I'm not going to take away from what he gave to the role. So they they painted a picture of the Joker, you know, and he jumped in and did a hell of a job with it. It's just I wasn't a fan of it. So yeah, and I mean, there's even more footage that you know wasn't released of you right. know, of of that Joker, and um, right, you know, the way like the direction that they took the that Joker was um a similar was similar to how they treated like a few other characters in the the dceu which is where they'll sort of create um their own special 
actual version of the character um, that for the most part doesn't tie into anything else specific but they try and take it in a slightly different direction um, and <laughs> the so, DC extended universe or inner uh, entertainment universe whatever you, whatever they're calling it right 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 and mm-hmm. so yeah you'll you'll have several characters that sort of fall out of the normal boundaries of you know their um, comic book or source material counterparts you know so like for example with um, with Leto's Joker they hint that he actually does care about um, Harley to some degree no copyright law in the universe is going to stop me no copyright law in the universe is going to stop me no copyright law in the universe is going to stop me no copyright law in the universe is going to stop me no copy Whereas, you know, the actual Joker, he he really couldn't care less about Harley as no. as anything aside from a, a tool to be used. Or, sure. Like, like the only, literally the only thing that he cares about is Batman and, and messing with Batman. That's it. Like, <laughs> All right. Yeah, there's there's nothing else that means anything to him. Um, so just know. like. Uh, ch- just like Ledger, just like Ledger's Joker said in the Dark Knight, right? Yeah. I, 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 I don't want to kill you. You, you complete me. <laughs> it was such a such a great line. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah. So you have you have characters like that. And then you have you know another other characters like going jumping back into the Nolan verse. Then you have you know Bane, who you know represents a societal underbelly that you know is is very present in in the world so with the nolan verse it really tried to show you these um i guess you can call them ugly truths about um the society and you know how people are uh you know being used in one way or another how society is busted abc um and then of course they jump back into that with the new joker movie with uh with phoenix yeah right Uh, absolutely like uh, that that jumping in is an understatement Uh, it defines the role defines the movie the character the plot everything is about the 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 psychological trauma gone wrong absolutely absolutely so i kind of i kind of grouped those movies um, together mentally, um, in ter- in terms of the the themes presented in the movies, right? And then so jumping into the movies that come after that, so the Snyderverse kind of takes. Well, let, let's be clear. Let, let's be clear. When you're talking about the films that you're grouping together, you're grouping Joker and what Suicide Squad and Nolan's Batman's, I guess. In, in, in the same villain universe in that respect? Is that what we're talking about? Where, where, where these are villains that are motivated by something that can be understood or related to? So I'm I'm grouping together the Nolanverse and okay. the, the Phoenix Joker movie. Um, okay. Yeah, those, those four films because okay. of gotcha. you know, gotcha. their, um, their themes and pretty much the, the intentions of those movies. 
Hmm. Understood. Well, you're, you're, I think even to, 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 to reference that world altogether, you're referencing Joker. You're referencing Ledger's Joker. You're referencing Killian Murphy's uh, Scarecrow. But you, there, you certainly can, you, you, you cannot omit um, Ra, uh, Ra's al Ghul. Ra, Ras, Ras al Ghul is what is, uh, the, the, his, uh, the, 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 his motivation is to save Gotham. By destroying it to save a to save a country, I guess to save a city. I mean, it's 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 it, it, sure we're, we're we're talking once again in, in concepts of, of of Thanos of of nuclear war of uh, Red Skull of uh, uh, who, who else did we reference earlier in, in this in this very podcast? But it's the same sort of thing where these are these are these are concepts that are desirable. Where he's saying, "All right, we've we, we we've been the the impetus. We've been the 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 savior of cities before Rome, Constantinople, and now Gotham City. And you're the guy to do it." Mm, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, yeah, I, I guess with um, Liam Liam Neeson. Sorry, it, it, it slipped me for a moment. Liam Neeson's Race Algul, Rash Race Algul, Rash Algul. So. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I guess with him, I, I had sort of forgotten his, um, his, uh, I guess, motivations. But I guess it's always sort of been the purification of, you know, in, in pure society for the most part. Right. Um, right. And so, yeah, that that also, you know, ties into all the, all the themes that are, you know, present in that clump of of movies so um yeah i i i I definitely consider him part of it as well and you know even um harvey dent um even who else was in those movies two-face the 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 embodiment of of fairness (laughs) yeah and like that sort of societal frustration you know that's just apparent in 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 the movies like even in you know joker because there's just that feeling of like yeah like society is just rigged and you know you can't really get to the, like you you can't really get to a point where it's fair because it'll just always be unfair in one way or another but um so yeah uh, going past those movies and into the Snyderverse, then that's where it sort of um, starts to shift in a different direction in terms of the villains, right? So you have Man of Steel, and the main villain of that movie is Zod, of course. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And you have a you you have a motivation to the character where it's very um it 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 actually you can you can understand his motivations right because sure with that character it's stated very clearly that he is he he's a a created person like he was he was made for a specific purpose and he has to fulfill it and that's all that right. gives life meaning is prote- right. protecting Krypton. I exist only to protect Krypton. That is the sole purpose 
for which I was born. And every action I take, no matter how violent or how cruel, is for the greater good of my people. And now, I have no people. And making a world for his people. And like now that his people are gone, he has to make a new world for his people. Um, and you know, of course, Earth becomes the new um, stage for that goal. And so, yeah, you can e even though you know the movie turns into a, a big CGI slugfest, like you understand like the core. Theme There's motivation. It's to save, yeah, to save to save what's left of of Krypton. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep. And and so when you know Cal stops him, when when Superman stops him and you know destroys the um the world engine, that world engine productions, um, you you can understand his frustration that his entire purpose for living was taken away from him by sure another kryptonian and right. so um yeah also but by, a, i mean by by the way that is, that is one of my favorite storylines um what, what the, the the power of of what a villain can do that is reminiscent it brings me back to apocalypse and x-men apocalypse where apocalypse uses professor x to talk to the entire planet you're you're anywhere you are everywhere you are you're sitting there and you're like well uh, i'm gonna this, this mind this voice comes into your brain all of a sudden it's apocalypse but the this man of steel um what happens there where zod taps into like every tv every what was it every phone like and like transmits this message and is like all right you guys are harboring a fugitive i want him i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fuck with your planet just give me superman give me the one you call superman and i'm good that's it we're gone like i'm pretty sure in this day and age there'd be like massive internet votes like 70 80 percent of the populace would be like right, give him superman that's it we're, we're good that's it. sorry soups you're the guy <laughs> Planet, planet rests rest in your hands. To Kal-El, I say this. Surrender within 24 hours. Wow. Or watch this world suffer the consequences. Consequences. You know, like, it was so cool the way it was done. I love that. Like, that TV, like, graphic where it's like. Uh, attention, people of Earth. Yeah. This guy. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I love that. Absolutely love that. It was so, so, it was done so well. I, I really, really enjoy that movie. It, taking away the 35 to 48 minutes worth of destroying metropolis <laughs> you know, so yeah and i mean i don't even mind you know the the destructive side of the movie because um it even though it's a tone it's a it's a shift in the movie i i think that it does represent a part of the 
mythos that to a degree certain you know filmmakers have neglected or they haven't really gone too deep in it and you know that's absolutely that's the power aspect of it because right yeah superman he's he's he, he is power like he's he has super strength super speed he has um you know heat vision freeze breath like he has all these all these abilities and so you know a fight between two people who have these abilities and one of them who is you know losing his freaking mind yeah that fight is going to be like really big and destructive and like kind of scary because sure. you know that that's what it's supposed to look like when two gods fight each other um right and so like i, I thought that the the fight scenes were pretty well done in uh in man mm-hmm. of steel like in the stuff in smallville and the stuff in metropolis like they showed like what super speed looks like um right which is which is dope because you know how so many movies you know when they where characters like using super speed to like slow it down and make everything like all slow motion especially after yes. the after the um days of future past crossover scene like everyone sure like yeah they like literally copied that scene and put it in the sonic the hedgehog movie and all that stuff but um <laughs> they, they literally did but it was it was still good i saw it i saw i didn't finish sonic but i know what scene you're talking about and i'm you know what it was still enjoyable yeah <laughs> I mean, I, I I didn't see the um the entire movie, but I saw, I saw bits and pieces. But um yeah, uh but yeah, like that's that represents like a, a trend that doesn't really have to be a thing, where you know you have a character with super speed, but you're showing everything in slow motion. But you know that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Like you can just let the characters be fast, and you yeah. know right like uh. So that so that's what another thing that I liked about you know the scenes with you know the Kryptonians where you know in, in Smallville you have the um, the army trying to take out that female Kryptonian that was with um, Zod I think her name was Faura yeah. or something like that yeah and yeah, yeah 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 she she like just zip zip zips through all of them like with her like these like mean martial arts moves she's like on And then, sort of at the last moment, it kind of missed the missed the landing. Yeah. Be- because in Wonder Woman, they were the whole movie, they were setting up this sort of um, they they were setting up this sort of uh, I guess realization for Wonder Woman because she was coming at. Um, she was coming at World War Two with the mindset of a like black and white hero. So, you know, uh, I, I guess for, for like a quick recap, Wonder Woman 
joins the war effort in World War II in order to stop Ares, who she believed to be controlling the humans and making them fight this war. Right. And then, so she, you know, battles along with Steve Trevor, I think that's his name. And, um, yep, and, that's and, it. Yeah, and, and the rest of his battalion in order to save humanity from what she perceives to be this sort of um, ulterior threat. And then it comes to the, the end of the movie, and then um, it turns out that Ares was, you know, in, involved in, in the war in a way. Mankind stole this world from us. They ruined it day by day. And I, the only one wise enough to see it, was left too weak to stop them. All these years, I have struggled alone, whispering into their ears, ideas, inspiration for formulas, weapons. But I don't make them use them. They start these wars on their own. But then it, it doesn't really end out how you're expecting it to because like she she does fight Ares and um you know she does beat him and from that point the like there's there's not really any extra I guess theme that's thrown into the movie like she it's kind of like she was right that was the whole thing and so this right. whole like it's weird like the movie was hinting to you that there was going to be a twist and the twist is that there is no twist yeah exactly you see what like um sure. it's really weird because like the whole time we were expecting her to finally realize that no like there's no like other reason that humans are awful they just are because they are um right they they fight wars just because of you know reasons that they have as opposed to <laughs> um right which would have been like a really interesting um thing for the character to reflect on because this whole time like she's been coming at it with the mind with like such a pure mindset like she's such a like pure and like um straightforward character that it would, would have been interesting for her to sort of really grapple with the morality of you know humanity as a whole but um it never really gets to that point and so that's what nope. kind of like you know takes a takes a turn for the worst and um so yeah well that, i mean was, for, for the worst but you it was it, it was still good you enjoyed that right I mean, even like the fight at the end was a little like, eh, like I've seen hmm. better. Like it, it wasn't bad, but I just feel like there was like a better movie, like just right below the surface. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's right. like they were they were like yeah. right right there. Between uh, Wonder Woman, Justice League, even Suicide Squad, uh, Dawn of Justice, you've got villains that leave you wanting more. They, they, they don't 
they, they don't have that. Uh, Man of Steel would be the <laughs> differential. Yeah. And the Nolan Batmans are different. Maybe the next Batman is going to be different. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think you're right. I think you're you're hitting upon a place that the DC universe is is missing. At least the the, the DC extended or the DC cinematic universe, where those characters are not developed enough. Or not. I mean, I. Suicide Squad, I liked actually, but I know people have their issues. I know you did, but uh, but yeah, it, 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 there, there's a unifying theme that the villains need to have been more. Um, not it's 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 kind of what you said. It's uh, the the badass dominator. <laughs> it shows you how good. Our, our protagonists are. Um, yeah. I like Shazam. I don't know. Uh, the Shazam, I kind of thought that I, I, I enjoyed the beginning of that character and the end of that character. Because that character goes from the... He's he's uh, his brother, right? Isn't he uh, from the get-go? That uh, Shazam's... Uh, we're, we're, we're spoiler alert here at, the, at this point in the pod. But... Uh, um, I forgot... Which actor played the character? But I know Black Adam is supposed to be coming in the sequel. But in this Shazam uh, uh, origin story, the, uh, I, I liked where that character came from, where that villain was a part of Shazam's childhood. Um, Black Adam, you mean? Billy, right? was it? Was it Black Adam? Yeah, Billy Batson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in in the first movie, that that character. I love that he's he goes that far back. And there's this uh, this pursuit of this power that's starting from the beginning, and this recognition from childhood that this kid is like, all right, you know what? I want that power. I want to be the bad guy. <laughs> like, all right, I'm eight years old. I'm not the good guy. I'm, I'm gonna be the bad guy. And he, he's like, that's it. I'm, I'm I'm going that way. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. At the beginning of this, you said that there's a DC character that they've hit upon that they haven't gotten to yet. And that they're seemingly coming to. I have an idea. I, I, I'm wondering if, if who I'm thinking of is who you're thinking of. And do you know what I'm talking about? You referenced it at the beginning of this podcast. Who do you think I'm thinking of? Deathstroke. Who? Oh, Deathstroke? Death, Deathstroke, yep. No, that's not who I'm thinking of. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. And dar- dar- no. the other you, one is Darkseid. The other one... The other one's Dark Side. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for Dark Side because he's been built up for all this time, and they're basically. But it's just too close to Thanos, you know. But the difference between Thanos and Dark Side is Dark Side wants to take over planets instead of Thanos trying to get rid of planets. But, but you tell me. I was thinking. Uh, my my initial thought was Deathstroke, okay. just because so, I love. Him. <laughs> even though I, I do definitely want to, you know, talk about those. I would want to talk about those characters as well because with Deathstroke, there's a lot mixed in there that sure. like just really interesting to um, you know pick apart. Um, right. And, and Darkseid um, has just always been really interesting to me because I always wondered how he could lose when he's like so powerful and. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. character that I was actually thinking of was Killer Croc. Oh, nice. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. But he's been well. He's been cast though. He's been in Suicide Squad. Yeah, and that that's like mm-hmm. a that's pretty much like an OG Batman villain. You are not welcome here. I'm not here to fight you, Croc. Let me pass. Your scent is 
different. I smell death on you. I don't need to fight you, Batman. I just need to wait. And then... I will feed on your corpse. Killer Croc, right? Sure, sure, He's sure, sure. Like the big, green, scary dude. And sure. you know, he, he eats people, and sometimes he steals things. And that's that was his whole deal, right? For right, right, dec decades, I would say. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I guess after his tenure on the um, Suicide Squad, you know, because of course he he was drafted into the Suicide Squad, and they made him go on missions for you know Amanda Waller and Black Ops government stuff, right? So right, that, right, right. You know, he wouldn't have his head blown up. Mm -hmm. And then, um, over time, they've been starting to explore more about, like, Killer Croc as a person. Because, um, I guess, just just for backstory, you know, Croc, he grew up in sort of a, an abusive household and... You know, he was born with this scaly reptile skin and sharp teeth and and uh, he was born as a very uh, I guess scary looking child and because of that sure nobody accepted him not even his own alcoholic aunt and so when he got older he was put into a, a freak show like a circus and he, they made him wrestle alligators and then his uh, the ringleader the ring math tried to like rip him off and then that was the first guy he ever killed and then he's been doing it ever since and his whole outlook on life is like well if people are going to treat me like a monster then i might as well act like one and that was his whole deal hmm. right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so after his tenure on suicide squad then it kind of started to take a retrospective look at him as sort of like this more tragic character and it's like wow this guy really can't catch a break in life ever right and so you have different instances of croc being the person who is outside of his criminal life so um you know there are he lives in the sewers of gotham for the most part right okay and so right also in the sewers of gotham are like a bunch of homeless people and you know they 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 live there and croc also lives there and i'm pretty sure that there was a story where i forget the exact details of this story but there was someone that was um about to kill the homeless people down in the sewers and croc and so from that time on, he sort of became their leader and their protector. Hmm. And yeah, to the point where like, you know, he finally felt like he had some sort of acceptance in his life. And, you know, Batman would come into the sewers looking for something and then, you know, Croc would point him in the right direction. And, you know, you have moments like that. Right. Um, then you have like a different moment where... Um, Roy Harper, the Red Arrow slash Arsenal. Okay. Um, and Green Arrow's uh, old sidekick, pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's pretty well known that 
Roy has a drug problem. Or at least he did at one point. And so he's all Roy has always struggled with this sort of self-hatred and um, you know, he's sort of struggled with himself as a person. And so one time he ended up in um, in Gotham and I'm pretty sure he was like drunk or something like that and so he started like picking a fight with Croc and Croc was like the heck are you doing and Roy was like come on bring it so, like he was like trying, <laughs> trying to <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah he, he was trying to get Croc to um, you know like fight with him Croc was like no I don't think I will because I can tell that you are trying to commit suicide right now and I don't think I'm gonna let you hmm and so um yeah he Roy and Croc end up having like this really deep you know conversation um and then from that point on like Arsenal and Killer Croc are kind of just friends after that and oh um, that's cool yeah yeah they're buds and you know um roy comes back like once he's you know sobered up and he's got his stuff together and he helps croc out with something else um so you have like moments like that where croc he kind of just understands what it's like to be down and out you know Hmm. and then even after that you have moments in the comics where croc is trying to get his life back on track like he's done with crime um and you know he's trying to apply for jobs right but obviously no one wants to give him a job because one he's an ex-con two um he doesn't really have a great resume like (laughs) yeah yeah like all he looks scary yeah all he really has is alligator wrestling and crime like that's all that's on his resume yeah um and then yeah three he's a he's a you know scaly man creature yep Yep. um so yeah he's like trying to go to all these job interviews he has like a suit and everything going all these job (laughs) interviews and (laughs) i was wondering i was when we started talking about deathstroke uh i know I forget. I always forget the name of the actor. At the t- oh, Joe Manganiello. The, the he, he's he's he, a few years ago he was slated to to play him in a spinoff at some point. I was thinking of characters or actors who I would like to see play Deathstroke. Don't feel bad. It was never gonna work. You depend on others for your strength. I depend on no one. You should have stayed away. Now, you're gonna die with your friends. Yeah! Um, I have a couple in my list here that I was thinking of. Um, but Batista is who comes up uh, initially because he's 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 big and he's menacing, and I I freaking loved him in uh, Skyfall. You know, and I've, I've everything I've seen him in so far. He's 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 awesome. I mean, granted, Drax is a different. He does a, a very comedic, you know, uh, over the top take on Drax. But um, 
the guy's got depth. He's funny. He's funny. He's cool. You know, and and, and in uh, in Skyfall, he was he was a badass. <laughs> you know, so um, was he in Sky? Yeah, yeah, it was Skyfall. If I remember correctly, yeah. So I was like, damn, he would be a cool Deathstroke. Uh, I would like him. I, I don't want to see Deathstroke's face a lot either. So, but if I if I need to, I don't mind seeing his. I guess is what I'm thinking of. So. There are uh, there are there are some other ones, but but and I hate the cross uh, the, 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 the the casting of worlds in that respect, where you know you've had Thanos now played by Brolin, who also played Cable, and then he also played Jonah Hex, which we talked about not too long ago, which nobody knows about apparently. But um, sure, there's a number of actors out there who I think could do it, but I'm certainly not against uh, casting a w, a, a, a wrestling actor <laughs> to play these characters. So, they've been acting their whole lives anyway. <laughs> true, true. I, I can dig it. I can dig it. Yep. So, it looks like it. we could talk... Uh, it looks like we could talk villains all day. Uh, I think there's more to get into when it comes to DC villains, especially in the way of Deathstroke and Darkseid and others. There's other ones here on my list that I took note of. Lobo, we didn't even talk about, which he's not really a villain, but is he? He is kind of a villain at times, but uh, yeah. That Yeah, this is, a, this is a good place to wrap up for today. Um, all right. You know, yeah, thanks to, to anyone who got this far in the, in the sure. episode. Um, and thank you for, uh, and as always, thank you to our sponsors. <laughs> we, we do appreciate that. Appreciate everyone. And, um, yeah, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, at uh, Essentially Heroes. And check us out on uh, Spotify, iTunes. That's right. Or, That's right. you know, where, wherever, wherever else you get uh, <laughs> podcasts, YouTube. Um, yeah, because we, we upload everywhere. That's right, and shout yeah. out, shout out to me on uh, just uh, Johnny Ferris at uh, Instagram. I did a, uh, I put up something recently where I was I was extending beyond the world of superheroes, where I was wondering if uh, there's there, there's some buzz about Henry Cavill being the next uh, James Bond. So yeah. this is now the the, the 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 Superman as we know it could possibly be James Bond of of, of today going forward the next bond post craig and i'm wondering what people think considering that roger moore was initially contemplated during connery and timothy dalton was also contemplated uh during roger moore so we've got we've got uh, uh an undertaking of understudies so by way of james bond by, by way of the james bond world and henry cavill auditioned for this james bond alongside hmm. craig years ago so I hope he gets it. I like him. And I'm pretty sure that it's looking like you'll end up being our, um, I guess, non-comic correspondent. So between <laughs> between Star Wars, um, between um, what else? I don't know. What whatever else you're into, you can James can Bond, our, Transformers, sure. Yes, Transformers, everything yeah. you can. Can be our our window into the outside world. Um, By all means, they, well, if they if they bring well, back uh, Indiana Jones, you'll probably jump on that too. <laughs> By all means, well, I'll, I'll take us there. Absolutely. Let's face it. Like I said to you in a, in a recent text, 
James Bond, Batman. I mean, Batman's not a superhero. He's a hero, you know? But the reality is that what these characters can do are superheroic things. <laughs> so. Very true. Yep. Very true. Without very the true. powers. And, um... All right. Yeah, and I guess if anyone from... Anyone who watches our Let's Plays is watching, you know, thanks for the That's right. support on our, Thank uh, you guys. on our recent videos. We really appreciate yeah. that as well. Keep up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep watching. There, there's more to come from these guys. Yes, absolutely. Um, right. So, yeah. Thanks for watching. Have a great night or day or in between. And, and um, stay safe. Yeah, take care. Stay safe.